Well, we are going to continue in our series, Anxious for Nothing. Uh, seems like we may be getting close to the, the end, but we'll see. Uh, but definitely going to cover this tonight. Philippians 4, verse 6. Let's look at that. This has been um, the main scripture we've started from. Philippians 4, 6. It says, be anxious for nothing. Other translations say, don't worry, don't fret or have any anxiety for anything. Anything that would be fearful, anything that would be dread or anxious in any way, that's all in the same bucket here. It says, be anxious for nothing. That means nothing would get us into that state. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving... Let your requests be made known to God. So, don't be anxious, but in everything, every situation, by prayer and supplication, in other words, come to God in prayer, with thanksgiving, thanking Him, let your requests be made known to Him. So, bring it before Him. And then it says, verse 7, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. In other words, you can't wrap your human reasoning around it. You know, there are a lot of uh, substitutes and counterfeits for the peace of God and the presence of God and what we have through our Lord Jesus Christ. There are all kinds of philosophies and ideas and, you know, different approaches to try to calm oneself and to go through rituals and, and go through... Uh, activities that are meant to calm the mind, but only God's truth is going to really work in the long run. There are a lot of imitations, there are a lot of uh, substitutes, man's ideas, but God is the creator. God is the one who made us. God is the source of life. God is the one who is over all all of the universe, more than we can possibly imagine, that we can possibly comprehend. And He is the one that told us what to do in His Word, and His Word works. So when He said the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, it'll guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, this is the truth. This is the, the, the true article. This is the reality. That peace you can't find in a bottle, you can't find in a pill, you can't find in some philosophy. Anything that even sort of works has its root in the Word of God some way. But there are ways you can get a temporary relief, but they are not going to be lasting unless they are the Word of God. And this peace that it talks about, it surpasses all our natural understanding, but it's there. And if you've experienced it, and you know we've had testimonies of people that have experienced it, we've experienced it. That peace, it passes your natural understanding. You can't comprehend it, but it's very real because the spiritual is more real than the natural. In other words, the spiritual realm, it existed before this natural realm did. So it, even though we can't see it with our physical eyes, it is very real. You can sense the spiritual. And that peace, which originates in the spirit, it, it comes, and you, you, you sense it in the natural, and it will guard your mind, guard your heart like nothing that your mind can figure out, but it's there, it's real, it's tangible, 
and it comes by doing what God said. And we've talked about some of these things. I encourage you, if you didn't hear the other messages in this series, go back, they're on the website, listen to them, because we're going to recap, we've been recapping a little bit, but we can't recap everything. It will be a blessing to you uh, to, to listen to those. Verse 8, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue... And if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate or think on these things. So the, the word here is telling us what to think on. It tells us don't be anxious. Bring any situation to God. As we do, the peace of God is going to guard our hearts and minds. Then it tells us what to think on. We spent a, a whole uh, message on that a few weeks ago. It tells us what things to think on, how to guard our minds, what what to do if thoughts come that aren't of God, to cast them down, to replace them with God's thoughts. But it tells us here the types of things that we need to think on so that we have peace. It says whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So the, this is a description of what's in the Word, what, what God has put out or put in his word anything that doesn't meet these criteria we need to get out of our thinking any thought that doesn't meet the standard of the word of god we need to push down and one area that is very prevalent right now in this that that gets people people uh, anxious is safety is feeling the, the, the sense of security and feeling protected or the lack thereof can cause you to get out of peace. Can if, you, if, we, if we dwell on the wrong thoughts concerning these things, it can cause any person to get anxious, to get fearful, to get paralyzed, not be able to act, not be able to move, not be able to function in life. There's a lot of that going around right now. And so we're going to look at some scriptures here uh, that deal with, with some of these aspects, safety and protection. But let's look at Psalm 121, verse 7. I want to start here. Psalm 121, 7. God has a lot to say in His Word about our protection and our safety. He is our Father. And like any good father... He has seen to provide for the protection and safety of His children. Psalm 121, verse 7, it says, The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. So verse 7 says, the Lord shall preserve you. He'll keep you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. Verse 8, the Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. In the CEV, it says the Lord will protect you now and always wherever you go. 
The Lord will protect you now and always wherever you go. So how, what does that cover? Everywhere we go and all the time. So no matter where we go, what we're doing, the Bible says here, the Lord will protect us. In the message, Psalm 121, 8, in the message says, God guards you from every, every evil. He guards your very life. He guards you when you leave and when you return. He guards you now. He guards you always. Let's read that again. God guards you from every evil. He guards your very life. He guards you when you leave and when you return. He guards you now. He guards you always. Well, that covers it. That means wherever you're moving, wherever you're going, whether you're going out, whether you're coming in, God is our protector. He guards us. He's our protection. He will preserve us no matter what's going on. See, it doesn't qualify that at all here. It just says He'll protect you. He'll guard you. Think about who we're talking about. We're talking about the Almighty protecting us. Deuteronomy 28.6 says, Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. Well, if you're blessed, that's a lot different than having evil come toward you, having something attack you. Blessed is a picture of happiness, joy, success, having everything go well. Well, if something is hurting you, if something is attacking your physical body, that's not blessed. This is our part as Christians. This is what we can expect. This is what the Word promises us, that He would bless, it, bless us. It says, blessed shall you be when you come in, blessed shall, uh, shall you be when you go out. We just read, you're guarded when you go out, you're guarded when you come in, you're protected wherever you go. We need to build a, a mental image of wherever we are, we're blessed. Wherever we are, we're protected. The protection of God goes with us wherever we go because He goes with us wherever we go. He is in us. His angels are around us. And so we need to, instead of going, what's out there? What could get, you know, attack me in any way? We need to get a picture that God is with me. And if He's with me, there's protection all around me. Doesn't matter where I am, He's there. It doesn't matter what's there, He's there. And if he's there, what can stand against God? What can stand against his power? 2 Samuel uh, 22, verse 32. 2 Samuel 22, verse 32 says, For who is God except the Lord? Well, that's a good question. Who is God except the Lord? If we trust the Almighty as our Lord, as our God, as our Savior, truly, not just lip service, not just mental assent, but, you know, not just, well, yeah, God, I know you're Lord, but, and then look at the natural circumstances, anything that would cause fear in our heart would mean we don't really regard him as completely the Lord or else we don't understand who he is to us. Because if we did, we know who he is to us and who he is, there's nothing that can stand against God. For who is God except the Lord, and who is a rock except our God? 
See, He is the rock. He's the one we trust. He is the only one that we can truly put all, uh, uh, all trust in. He's the only one that can give full assurance. Thank God for what we have been able to do, you know, as a, as a, uh, in humanity. You know, medically and scientifically. But we cannot put our full trust in what people can do for us. We ought to use sense, you know, common sense. We, you know, it, when it concerns uh, things like the virus, well, it, it doesn't hurt to wash your hands, you know, and, and there's other, um, you know, other things we can do. So we don't have to deal with certain things, but our trust can't be in those measures. Our trust can't be because we, we've seen even with certain measures, uh, stuff can still happen. And then where's our trust? We, we need to have our trust ultimately in God, no matter what. It doesn't mean we deny the natural. We do what we do need to do in the natural, but we regard the supernatural, the spiritual as higher. It doesn't mean you throw out the natural. But we need to know where our trust is and our protection, our trust for protection and safety and security ultimately has to be in Him. And if it is in Him, then we won't be shaken when, when it looks like certain things in the natural are shaken or certain things that we would tend to trust in. If they're shaken, if our trust is only in there, those things, are, we're going to be shaken. But if our trust is in God, then we already have our eyes on Him. We look in the natural, but we don't trust in the natural. Verse 33 says, God is my strength and power, and He makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He sets me on, high, on my high places. Verse 33, God is, is my strength and power. He makes my way perfect. In the ERV translation, it says, God is my strong fortress. He clears the path I need to take. God is my strong for fortress. He clears the path I need to take. See, as we go out, He's clearing the path. He's keeping us safe. He keeps me safe. As I walk, you can just imagine, as you walk, the path is being cleared. Anything that would harm you, it's got to get out of the way. Because we trust the Lord. In the GNT, the Good News Translation, it says, This God is my strong refuge. He makes my pathway safe. He's my strong refuge. He makes my pathway safe. So again, I can imagine my pathway is being made safe by Him. You know, there, there may be steps taken ahead of me to try to make my pathway safe, but I can trust in Him that my pathway is safe. No matter where I go, if I'm going out, if I'm coming in, my pathway is safe because the Lord is my refuge. Now let's look at Psalm 91. We're going to look at a few verses. We're going to look at the whole thing, but we're going to look at some verses here, specifically. These are good verses to go over. 
If, if, they, if fear, and especially what we're talking about uh, in this area, fear as it regards to your personal safety, if thoughts of not being safe come to you, the way to combat those are with the Word. Go over these and say, no, God said this. His Word says this. And you go over these. See, it's, it's, a, it's a battle. A lot of the battles we face are, are in our mind, they're thought, thoughts. And even when we're dealing with natural situations, sometimes it's not just the situation, it's what we're looking at, how we're looking at that situation, how we're perceiving the situation, and the battle is up here. Satan will attack your mind with thoughts to try to get you to react in fear, get you to react in doubt. Same situation in front of you, but how we perceive it makes all the difference. And one way I'll do is try to bring fearful thoughts so that as you see your situation, one way, you know, you don't want to go out of the house. You know, assuming you, you need to go out of the house and do something, but, but you could be afraid to do so. The situation's in front of you, but how are, how are you perceiving it? Well, when we... There'll be thoughts, there can be thoughts of fear, but when we look at what God's Word says, we can combat those thoughts with what God said. The situation didn't change, but how we perceive the reality of the situation changed. When we realize that God is going out the door with me, God is going with me wherever I go. He's clearing my path. He's making my path safe because I trust Him. That changes our perception. Let's look at Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers. And under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. See, this is something we do. God has, uh, through Jesus, has paid for the ability for us to walk in all the blessings that Jesus has provided that for this life and, and our, for our future. But we make Him our Lord and Him our, our refuge. It's something we look to and say, Lord, You are my refuge. You are my protection. You are the one I trust. Verse 9, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, then no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague Come near your dwelling. It says it will not. And we don't accept any sign of it. You combat it. If there would be anything that would come up, you say, no, that has no place. That has no place because God 
said, No plague shall come near my dwelling. Verse 11, For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Notice that. He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. We'll come back to that. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Notice verse 16. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Long life comes from dwelling safely. If you're dwelling safe, if you're, if you're still alive, that means all these things that could have taken you out didn't take you out. So, if this verse, for this verse to be true, then you have to walk in safety. And God said He would give us safety. He would protect us. With long life, I will satisfy Him and show Him my salvation. Now, if you go back to verse 11... It says, he shall, keep his, or he, he shall give his angels charge over you he, to keep you in your ways. In the Amplified, verse 11 says, he will command his angels in regard to you to protect and defend and guard you in all your ways of obedience and service. He will command his angels in regard to you to protect and defend and guard you in all your ways. So we have the supernatural. We get a glimpse there into the supernatural realm. It's not just that there's nothing there. Well, we know God's there, but it's not just there's nothing else. There are actually angels that have charge of us to protect and defend and guard us. So God said, I'll clear the pathway. God said, I'll make it safe. Well, part of what's going on is the angels are going out before us taking care of whatever needs to be taken care of. They're real. And see, we need to understand that the supernatural, like we said before, is more real and more powerful than the natural. So it's not just we're trying not to be afraid or thinking we're just you know, somehow going to avoid whatever's out there just in some whimsical fashion, we need to understand there are spiritual forces that are making that happen. And we need to believe God's word and have more faith in that. That will just, that'll just do away with the fear. Wait a minute. If God's with me, if he's going with me wherever I go, if he's protecting me as I go in and go out, I know the angels are going with me as I go in and go out, well, that, my faith rises. I can see what God is saying in His Word, and I can trust that. In the, in the New Living Translation, verse 11 says, For He will order His angels to protect you wherever you go. He will order His angels to protect you wherever you go. We have a contingent going with us wherever we go. Going in, going out, going to the store going to get gas, 
Wherever we go, there are angels protecting us. Let's look at Mark 16, 15. Mark 16, 15. Mark 16, 15, this is Jesus speaking, giving instruction to his disciples right before he ascends. He said, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. This, this does not say these signs will follow apostles or prophets or pastors, teachers, evangelists. It, it says these signs will follow those who believe. So if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you qualify it says, In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. They will, verse 18, They will take up serpents, they will drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. In the CEB, verse 18 says, they will pick up snakes with their hands. Now, this is not telling us to handle snakes on purpose foolishly. And we can see that in the next verse we'll read. But this is saying it, if it were to happen, and I believe we'll get to a, a, an example of that. If something were to happen, it, even snakes would not hurt us. It says they will pick up snakes with their hands. If they drink anything poisonous, it will not hurt them. They will place their hands on the sick and they will get well. You say, well, who in the right mind would drink anything poisonous? Uh, you could drink something poisonous and not know it. And that's the point. Our, you know, what we eat, what we come in contact with, if you drank something poisonous, you'd be protected. Well, I assume if you touch something poisonous and somehow that were to get near your face or whatever, you're still protected. In other words, if you inadvertently, something would, that was poison or, or dangerous to you were to come in contact with you, you will not be harmed. In the Passion Translation, this same verse says, They will be supernaturally protected from snakes and from drinking anything poisonous. And they will lay hands on the sick and heal them. They will be supernaturally protected from snakes and drinking anything poisonous. God's power is more is stronger than anything in the natural. Just because it looks deadly in the natural, it's nothing for God. Because it says very clearly here, stuff, you know, a snake, you don't handle a snake, a, a poisonous snake. In the natural, if you get bit by certain snakes, there's going to be consequences if you don't get a serum, if you don't get that poison out of you. Something is going to happen to you and it's not going to be good. If you drink something that, that is all but poison to you, that's not going to be good in the natural. But we have more than the natural. Not talking about being foolish and doing it on purpose. We're saying if we come into contact with something that in the natural could hurt us, we'll be supernaturally protected because we serve a God that is able to protect us. We have angels that we can't see that are able to protect us. Exodus 23, 25, this is why you should pray over your food. 
anything you put in your mouth, you should bless it and sanctify it according to the word of God. You don't know. You say, I just took it out of the, the cupboard. I know where it's been. You don't know where it was the whole time from the time that, that, that was put together, and you don't know what's in it, and you bless it and say, Lord, I bless and sanctify this to the nourishment of my body. It's not going to do anything but help me. In Exodus 23, 25, it says, So you shall serve the Lord your God, and He will bless your bread and water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. He said, your, your food and water is going to be blessed, and sickness will not even be known in you. Well, what, what does that mean? You're protected. You're guarded. It doesn't matter if you drank something that could be uh, uh, something that would be harmful to you. God's going to protect you. He's going to bless, and if, he, if, if He's blessed your bread and water, you can drink it and eat it. You know, I've heard uh, accounts. Now, I've never been a missionary. I've been on one missionary trip, missions trip, but I've heard accounts from people that are missionaries that, you know, are in jungles, and they say, you, you, your, your faith is exercised in these areas. When something is put in front of you, you have no idea even what it is. And you're believing that it's not going to hurt you. You know, when I went over to the Philippines, it was all really good food, so I can't, I can't say that, uh, you know, I had anything put in front of me that um, I, I was wondering about. It was all really well made and everything, but, uh, you know, even when we know what it is, we need to, to believe God and believe God that it's going to be health to us. Luke 10, 17 says, Then the seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. He said, nothing shall by any means hurt you. It means nothing is going to get at you. You're protected. The power of the enemy is going to have no effect on you. Doesn't matter what the source is. Isaiah 54, 17. Isaiah 54, 17 says, No weapon formed against you, against you shall prosper. Every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. It says no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. It's not going to have any of the intended effect. And then it says this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. In other words, this is our right as children of the Lord. In the Amplified, verse 17 Isaiah 54, 17 says, No weapon that is formed against you will succeed. No weapon that is formed against you shall succeed. N nothing that comes against you, whether it be sickness, anything else, it will not succeed. It may not be something that's weaponized from some other person, but Satan is the author of all disease and sickness in the world from 
from uh, originally. And that sickness, that disease, doesn't matter, poison anything, it has no right to be in our body. And here it says no weapon that's formed against you, it won't succeed. It won't hit its mark. It won't do any damage. It says every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you will condemn this Peace, righteousness, security, and triumph over opposition is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. So peace and righteousness, notice, security. Triumph over opposition, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. In the NLT it says, but in that coming day no weapon turned against you will succeed. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. So we, it is actually our heritage, our benefit to walk in protection and safety and over every opposition wherever we go. Blessed. Blessed coming in, blessed going out, protected when we come in, protected when we go out. It doesn't matter what it looks like in the natural. It doesn't matter if something, if you were to come into contact with something that the natural progression is that it would harm you. There is a supernatural beyond the natural that can stop it in its tracks, that can keep it from ever hindering you in any way, shape or form. Let's look at Acts 28.1. I want to show you an example of this. Paul, at the end of Acts, you know, Paul has gone uh, all over the place on journeys, and now he is on Malta. And we see an example of this right here. Acts 28, verse 1, says, Now when they had escaped... They then found out that the island was called Malta. And the natives showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome, because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. Now, imagine the situation. Paul is on an island which, with natives. Obviously, there is not the type of medical care that we have today, back in that day, let alone he's on an island. So even if there were, uh, even if he were in today's uh, circumstances, he's, he's out in the middle of nowhere, you could say. But there is not the type of uh, technology that we have. He's away, he's out on an island, and he is gathering sticks to make a fire, and a viper, snake, comes out and bites him. Now, in the natural, that's not good. And you can see it right here. The people that have lived there and know this, these snakes, obviously, look at their reaction. Let's, verse, let's read verse 3 again. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat, and fastened on his hand. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom, though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow to live. So what do they expect to happen? 
They said he's not going to be allowed to live. They expect him to die. So obviously they've seen this before. They know what kind of creature this is. They know what happens when this snake bites somebody. They, they're going to die. That's, that's the natural course of things. But verse 5 says, But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. Paul just shook the thing off, and he went right on with his business. And he suffered no harm. Nothing happened to him. Well, how does that happen? I mean, naturally speaking, he should be swelling up and dying. But no, Paul walked in the supernatural. He walked in the trust of God. Verse 6, however, they, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their mind and said he was a god. So now they're like, this is impossible, so you must be supernatural yourself. They didn't understand that it was God that was working through Paul and protecting him. Verse 7 says, then in that region there was an estate of the leading citizen of the island, whose name was Publius, who received us and entertained us courteously for three days. So Paul, he comes on the island, he comes in contact with the snake, he just shakes it off, he doesn't suffer any ill effects, they think he's a god, then he stays there for a while, a leading citizen of the island, he, he received them and he's entertaining them. Then verse 8, And it happened that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and dysentery. Paul went into him and prayed, and he laid his hands on him and healed him. So Paul is walking in all the things that we are reading about. You know, we read about in Mark 16, 15, that, that uh, if serpents bite you, you're not going to be harmed. If you drink anything deadly, it won't harm you. And then it says, and they'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And that's what you see Paul doing right here. These things are not overtaking him. He is succeeding in the face of all these things that could be harming him. They, he is protected. And not only that, he's going out and helping other people. It says, Paul went into him and prayed. He laid his hands on him and healed him. Verse 9, And so when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. So everybody then starts coming to him, and they all get healed. This is the supernatural power of God. This is protection. This is the keeping power of God. He said, I will clear your path. He said, I'll protect you. He said, I'll guard you when you leave. I'll guard you when you come in. I'll send my angels. They'll protect you. I'll give them charge to guard you. I'll bless your bread and water. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. This is your heritage. This is your benefit as one who walks with the Lord. We can be secure. We can be calm. We can be trusting in the Lord that no matter where we go, regardless of what we come into contact with, He is with us and His power is greater. And that will drive out the anxiety and the fear. See, it's not the absence of the situation. It's the fact that we have God with us that overtakes and is greater than the situation. Just in closing, I wanted to share this um, account with you, very similar to what we've, we've been reading. Uh, 
Brother Hagen, he shares this example, and this, this, this takes on a little bit different, um, I guess, uh, just aspect now, you know, with what we've been dealing with, you know, in the country recently. In the, in, he writes this, he shares this account many places. But in 1957, there was a pandemic going on. And he said, I was preaching at a full gospel church in October 1957 when an epidemic of Asian flu hit Southern California. And I looked that up, and in 1957 and 1958, there was what was called the Asian flu, H2N2 virus. It killed 1.1 million people worldwide and 116,000 people in the U.S. And this is what he's referring to. That's what was actually going on in the world. And so when he's saying this, he said, I was preaching in October 1957. It, it, it started coming and hit the U.S. in the summer and then started ramping up. So this is in the fall and it's, it's going all over and he's in California. It hit the coast first. And so he said, I, I, I was in uh, a full gospel church in October 1957 when an epidemic of Asian flu hit Southern California. I picked up that Los Angeles time and the headline said that 2 million people in Southern California had the Asian flu. And so the pastor of the church said, Brother Hagen, aren't you afraid you're going to get the Asian flu? And he said, no, I don't mind telling you I'll never have the Asian flu. And the pastor whispered, Brother Hagen, I'd be afraid to say anything like that. And he said, why? He said, don't you know the devil will hear you? And Brother Hagen said, I wanted him to hear it. I said it for his benefit. That's the very dude I wanted to hear it. See, he knew all these things we're talking about. The safety, this isn't just making something up. These are the benefits of walking with the Lord. These are the benefits of of being a child of God, knowing that when we are going out, it's not us, it's that He is with us, that He goes with us wherever we go. And we can rest in that. He can, as, as we make Him our trust, our rock, our fortress, go to Him and, and, and say, Lord, You're my fortress. You're my rock. I thank you that you protect me. I thank you that wherever I go, you're clearing the way, that your angels have been given charge over me. And as we do that, anxiety, fear will give way to peace. And that peace will guard our hearts and minds. Amen.